May 24th, 2020, a new episode of the Minor Leaguers is underway. Brett Block, along with Jaden Jones, as always. And uh, it's been a couple days since we last recorded, but there's been a lot happening in the sports world, uh, including the NHL almost being set to go uh, for a return in late July, maybe early August, uh, with a new playoff format. As well, the U.S. has announced that they are opening up its borders to athletes. And as well, we had a great response when it came to our question about the NWHL Toronto 6 with their new name and logo. Uh, we'll get to all of that coming up in just a bit. But first, to start us off, uh, probably bigger news if you're a CFL and even a football fan. But the CFL is looking to continue the season after last thing we heard. It's most likely to cancel uh, this year's season. But it sounds like they want to go start in September and they're going to um, find some way to make it happen. Uh, There's been a couple of ways I've heard the CFL and Dean Ambrose talk about how they can make it work. Uh, One of which is picking a stadium. And now if this was the case, most likely to be BC place in Vancouver as uh, the British Columbia government owns the building. And it said that, you know, the CFL can easily uh, play there nine teams three months worth of games. Uh, it's doable, but Jane, you heard something a little bit different and uh, something that's a little bit out of the ordinary for the CFL uh, and who it's partnering with. Yeah, so there's a, there's a league called the Spring League, which is out of the U.S., and what it is is they have four teams. Um, it's a, and The league is ran for three weeks, and it's basically a developmental league. So uh, uh, each team plays two games, and for an over over three week span, it's all done usually in in one or two different stadiums, and it's basically to get guys ready for the CFL and NFL. So you have guys like um, Michael Bethel Thompson, um, who is on the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, he came out of that league, and and there's a couple of other different guys throughout the CFL and tons of guys throughout the NFL that um, go there to if they're uh, rehabbing or if they, they just want to get some, some touches in and, and some game tape on them. Because uh, in, this art, in a couple articles that I've read, it's basically said that NFL and, and CFL teams, that they, they like to see at least two games. Uh, they, they, they like to see game tape of at least two, uh, two games being played by a player. So um, that, that's where the guys can go during the spring uh, before the football season starts and can get some game tape on them if they'd like and, um, and, and get some work in. So um, they're looking at joining up with the CFL to um, to get the guys some touches and before the before the season starts. And it, they're just kind of just saying, hey, if if you want, we can help you out. We can get the guys back ready in game shape by playing against some of our guys or or using our stadium uh, if you'd like. So they're looking at creating a partnership, and uh, I think it's very interesting, and I think it's a good idea for the CFL to at least consider it. Uh, and, you know, I think this would be a great way to maybe re-expose the CFL into the American market. Um, way back in the early 90s, there was a few American teams um, with with some that actually had a lot of success. But uh, the rules were really weird um, for when it came, whereas if you're a Canadian team, so for example, the Toronto Argonauts had to add so many American players dressed. 
But for example, if you're the Las Vegas Posse that played for a bit, uh, it could be all American players. So there's considerably huge advantage in terms of, uh, you know, if you're an American team. But do you think that the CFL does this? They've been talking about wanting to, to grow internationally, where they've been holding col- uh, combines in uh, Mexico and Germany, Italy, and, and all of these places to try and find new talent. Do you think this is a way that if maybe the CFL did want to expand into, say, northern American markets, maybe not the major cities, but the smaller ones, to expose them to to the Canadian game and maybe down the road look at an, another American expansion? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're definitely looking at uh, international expansion as early as next year, and uh, they're hoping to maybe have a team from uh, – I'm sorry, now I'm talking about the Spring League right now. They're looking to have a team from Japan and maybe – a team from either Mexico or, or Germany take part next year. So if you have the CFL coming to you this year and say you're a football player in, in one of those countries and you're kind of like, oh, wow, these guys can really play. They're, it's at a very high level. Um, I kind of want to be a part of this. Then, yeah, I think that with the CFL and the Spring League right now um, connecting and um, and really growing the game in different parts of North America and, and hopefully overseas soon, then I think this is going to be a, a great opportunity for – for overseas uh, fo- footballers looking to get some touches and um, looking to take their game to North America. And to kind of go off of that too, but, you know, I've heard with the CFL, a lot of players are kind of wary about wanting to come north of the border. Um, obviously, our, uh, the Canadian dollar is a little bit lower than uh, the American. So when they do come here, they're making, uh, say, 50,000 Canadian they're really only making about like 42, 43,000 American, not a bad salary by any means. Like if I could make that much uh, per year, I'd be very happy, but um, it might give a chance too for some of those American players that were a little bit unsure if they wanted to come North of the border to kind of expose them to the game and maybe uh, convince them that, Hey, you know, my offers in the NFL have kind of dried up. Um, there, there is European football leagues, but they don't pay that much or they're not as popular. But the next best thing to go is the CFL in Canada. Like, there, there really is no other pro league. So I wonder if that would even help them convince them if they, if they should come north. Yeah, and if the Spring League and the, C, uh, and the CFL do have this partnership, um, you're, you're going to see more American players looking at the CFL because um, I, I've, uh, in one of the articles I read, it said that um, Johnny Manziel was a part of the spring league um, before he came to the CFL. So I think it's a great idea. I mean, um, it, it's going to get a lot of press, I think, and it's going to get a lot of um, it's it's going to get a lot of exposure to to the states and those people that don't know much about Canada uh, can say, "Wow, they actually have some very good football players." It's a it's a very high competitive league where. It, it might just help me make that next step go to go from this uh, where I am now to the CFL, then potentially maybe even the NFL further down the road. And um, before we do get off the topic of the CFL, I've also heard rumors kind of swirling around, but uh, with the CFL, they've always talked about the draft and how it's kind of hit or miss. Um, you know, with the, with the first round pick in this past year's draft, I think they said like uh, one of the players hadn't played since 2017. Uh, hasn't played football since 2017. So, like, a huge kind of, like, why waste your draft pick on that? Um, so, I've heard the CFL, or at least an idea thrown around, that you keep it strictly a youth sports 
draft. So you're only able to draft in like so three rounds, uh, just Canadian players or players that played youth sports, and then any American player that played in uh, D1, D2 that a Canadian team wants to sign can be done so through free agency. Um, what do you think of that idea? I know it's a little bit off topic, but um, a way to engage more Canadian players. Yeah, no, I, I love that idea. Uh, in, in my opinion, that would be a great way to grow youth sports in, in Canada and to really show off the talent that the homegrown talent that we have here um, north of the border. There are some very, very exceptional football players that come out of Canada that just need they just need an opportunity. They just need a chance. They need someone to take a chance on them. And if the CFO, if the CFO were to do that and just say, "Hey, we're, you can only strictly draft U sports players," and then uh, once free agency hits, you can draft any uh, American-born uh, player coming out of D one, D two, NCAA, then I think that that's a great way to to make sure that the CFL is what it is. That's what it is: Canadian Football League. It's Canadian football with Canadian football players. And I, I think that I think once that happens, you're going to see U sports take off. You're going to see more people want to coming out of high school play for a Canadian college or university instead of going down going down south. I, I think too. Um, I also forgot that there also is um, something called the uh, the Canadian Junior Football League, where it's players that if they don't want to college or they don't want to. Uh, go to university or they don't have those options that they um, where they can play and it's to help develop them for the CFL but a lot of times you don't hear any any draft picks because it's about 16 to 20 year olds that are 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 in the league Um, I know too uh, this season Belleville was actually uh, where we're from uh, Belleville Ontario was supposed to get a team until uh, COVID-19 kind of canceled all plans so really uh, yeah, like uh, with the Quinty Skyhawks, we're supposed to be granted, I'm sure. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I did hear about that. Yeah. But um, yeah, if you just focus the draft, maybe if you're, you're afraid that, hey, listen, if we have six rounds, we won't have enough players to fill out the draft, well, then just shorten it to three. And I think, I think it will work out. You'll see a lot more Canadian players in schools getting exposure. It's a great way of growing the game because it, it gives those, those young kids maybe starting football at like 13, 14 being like, okay, well, if I want to play pro football in Canada, here's the pathway that I need to take to get there. And to know that there really is those strong options about being able to stay home and play and be drafted in Canada and not to think you might have to go D1, D2 in the United States uh, to play. Um, now, with that being said, uh, I'm guessing that that might not be the case and uh, the changes might not come, but... Obviously, with the CFL and the way things have been looking the last couple of months, or even the last couple of weeks, I should say, uh, it'll be very interesting to see what type of decisions they make moving forward. And hopefully, we can have some Canadian football uh, in September. But if not, I also don't mind waiting until they can come back stronger than ever. Now, speaking of leagues looking to come back later on in the summer, um, the NHL and the NHLPA have announced that they have uh, an idea of what a 2014 playoff can look like. It is not official just yet, but from the sounds of it, both GMs and players and pretty much anyone involved is uh, fairly accepting of the 2014 playoff. Now, I'm pretty excited because it means that for the first time, the Toronto Maple Leafs 
won't have to play the Boston Bruins in the playoffs <laughs> for the first time in like the last couple of years and get knocked down the first round. So um, I'm excited for that. But uh, Jaden, what do you think? I, I'm kind of on the fence about it. I, <laughs> I I've read so many different opinions online and. I've read a couple different articles from from different perspectives and people's different opinions on it. And I'm going to list some of the pros and some of the cons of it. So the pro to having this 24-team playoff tournament is that you have more fan bases engaged in the NHL, which means more more fans are going to watch the game, uh, more money will be coming in advertising-wise, more fans are going to be buying merchandise for that team to support their teams during this playoff tournament. It's it's great for NHL as a whole. Now, on the con side, I would be very, very upset if I was one of the, the rival teams um, of one of the teams that just got in. So... At the when the NHL paused the season, according to SportsClubStats.com, the Montreal Canadiens had a zero percent chance of making the playoffs. The Chicago Blackhawks had a two point six percent chance. The Arizona Coyotes had a sixteen percent chance, and the New York Rangers had a twenty one percent chance of making the playoffs. And now with this new this new playoff format, they're all in. So now I would be very upset if I was if I was a rival of that team and said, "Okay, hold up, Montreal had a zero percent chance of making it. They should not be in the playoffs. They should not even get a chance to sniff the Stanley Cup this year." But with this new playoff format, they're in, and they have to rattle off a lot of wins. I believe it, um, the form it's best three out of five for um, for, for the playoff round. So they're going to have to rattle off a lot of wins if they want to get close to Stanley cup. So, I mean, that's, that's another thing, even though these teams are in, that doesn't, that, that doesn't mean that they're, that their road to the cup is, is any easier. They still have to play some of the top teams in the league and they still have to get, uh, they, have, they still have to get by some of the, the top players in the leagues um, to, to reach the Stanley cup final. So, I mean, there's pros and cons to it. Um, at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's it, it is what it is. A lot of a lot of things nowadays aren't right, aren't traditionally what they usually are. So I, I'm I'm just hoping to get hockey back really soon, and uh, hopefully my Leafs can make it past the Bruins this year. So I gotta be honest. Um, it is true. Like if you're a, if you're a Habs fan, you're probably a little bit more excited than than some of the other teams because uh, I've heard both sides of it. You know, saying like you know they're really when uh, the league came to pause. There is less than a month of play left. So just take whatever the standings were, do the playoffs that way. And then you're then just leave it at that. So the top four teams from each division make it in. You keep it to how it normally is, and then you just keep moving forward. Now, to be honest, I'm kind of excited about this because it is new. Um, we've always heard talks about, you know, this is more or less for the NBA, but, you know, for the final spot or the wild card spot, if there should be a tournament to decide who gets those last two spots in the playoffs. Um, and to be honest, I'm really not a fan of the NHL playoff format as it is, where it is divisional. I really do prefer seeing the one and eight, and it's seeded through that way. It just makes a lot more sense to me. Um, I know the reason why it's like this is because of travel for the West, where it's a lot different, saying if you're 
and then Vancouver, and then you have to fly out to Nashville in the first round. Uh, you track on a lot of air miles, whereas, you know, if you're in the Eastern Conference, a lot of teams are within a, a two-hour flight of each other, so you're not really that bad. And also the time zone, it's all the same. But um, I think it's a lot more interesting. I kind of enjoy it, and I hope that if there's a success, if they do decide to go this way, to continue with it, uh, just because I think that the playoffs would, would look a lot better if it was seeded one through eight. And I don't mind the idea of doing a tournament-style playoff uh, to see teams move on and the best teams in each conference get a buy into uh, what is the second round. I think it's going to be a lot more competitive. I think it's going to be a lot more fun, and especially in the era now of draft lottery and seeing teams by the trade deadline start to tank. Uh, it creates a little bit of boring, of boring hockey, to be perfectly honest. So um, if this is maybe a format they, they want to keep down the road, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think it's going to be a lot more competitive. It's going to be a lot more fun to watch. And you're going to see uh, rivalry hockey, if you want to call it, uh, call it that, to, come, to make a comeback. And uh, I think it should be fun. I, I really would have liked to see, like, an NCAA March Madness type of tournament between all the teams. If they were able to choose, like, three or four, or, or sorry, maybe, like, five or six different locations and uh, have a couple of teams there. Single elimination, you, you you win, you win, you move on, you lose, you go home, that sort of thing. I think that would have been really cool to see, and uh, maybe even uh, throw a couple dollars on to bet on. Oh, just to do the one and done. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I think that would be really interesting. Like you got to play your absolute best game, uh, get get your top guys out there, um, and in 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 that situation, I think it would make things go a lot quicker so you can just kind of end the, the playoffs pretty quickly and focus on getting ready for next season instead of dragging this season out uh, longer than it should be. I'm almost on the side of it. So when they talked about doing the 2014 playoff, uh, there was a lot of questions if it, if it would work, the logistics, uh, where teams would play. Um, also, I'm kind of on the side that if they decided that, you know, with this season until further notice, um, there's just kind of an asterisk beside uh, this season that no champion was awarded and just continuing uh, next year when things might be a little bit easier, there might be a vaccine. You can actually do a proper schedule and properly crown a Stanley Cup champion. Um, but I do, I gotta be honest, I'm excited for this. This is the way they're going to go. Uh, we're going to see it be very more competitive. But before the NHL can get there, um, the big question is where and how will teams play, uh, especially with the NHL and looking at leagues like that and even with the MLB, is that you have a, a lot of players that aren't from the States and how athletes from other countries would be able to get in. Well, apparently the U.S. has announced that they are opening its borders to athletes and they're more than welcome to be able to come in uh, and, and play for their teams. Now, it's a little bit controversial. Um, you know, what's your take on this? Uh, it's a pretty hot political deal, but, um, you know, teams are like, hey, if we're going to continue, some of our best players right now are, are back in Sweden. They're back in, in Mexico. Like, how do we get them here? I, I think it's too soon to, um, to allow foreign athletes into the States. I understand that, for them to get the leagues back up and running, 
that's what needs to happen. But it's it just feel it feels weird to me. It feels like it's really really soon to to have this happen and to um, especially with COVID still like it's still a, alive and well in this in North America. I mean to to have um, athletes come from from different countries and um, and and come back and play. I mean I don't know as long as they're they're quarantined for for the proper amount and um, they get tested. I, I guess it's okay, but it's it still seems really soon to me. And I think the big question with that too is that you know if you have these players that they've gone to their home countries now all of a sudden they're being like, hey, you can come back. Uh, what happens to players with contracts that they go? It's like, listen, um, you know, I'm not a fan of of flying right now. I don't want to be traveling to other countries while my family's back home. Uh, it's very risky, and I don't want to leave them alone for months on end. Uh, because you know, if you do come and say with the NHL, just to stay on that. If the season does run from uh, July and August, and then you're expecting the next season to start in December, you know, when do those players get to go home? Do they bring their families with them? But if they're the only ones permitted to travel, like, then are their families even allowed to come with them? No, um, um, they they are. Um, I'm, oh, they are? I, okay. Yeah, I'm just reading from uh, The Guardian had, had wrote an article on it and said, um, besides the athletes, the exemption applies to the sporting leagues, essential staff, spouses, and dependents. Okay, cool. No, that was, uh, I know when I was reading it about it a couple of uh, hours ago, um, at the time it just said that it was just the athletes. So, okay, that changes things a little bit. But at the same time, it, it does raise the questions if, you know, they, they want to move their families to come and live in the States uh, and being able to compete because, you know, Say if you're playing in Dallas, uh, you might not be going back to Dallas. You might be having to play in Minnesota. So having to find a new home, uh, teams might be able to help a little bit with that, with hotels and everything. But uh, I know it's it's interesting to me to see how it'll play out with professional athletes, um, their contracts, and especially if the athlete themselves say, you know what, I don't want to play. Um, I'm worried about my family, or I have. You know, my own medical conditions to worry about. It's too risky. Uh, is there going to be punishments? Is there going to be, you know, do they just tack on another year of the contract and just the player's not paid? Uh, you know, it's that's the only interest I have in this. Yeah, it's definitely something where the, the players themselves will have to talk to their families and say, uh, do you want me to do this? Do you want to um, get up and, and go to the U.S. right now? Do, we, do you want to stay here? Like, um, what what are the pros and cons to to each, and and what kind of consequences may we face if we do end up staying here? So, I mean, it's a it's a it's a tough thing right now, and and I hope that the players get as much leeway with with their decision um, as much as possible. So, it, to, to me, it's a it, it's going to be a thing where. Um, you can't get mad at someone if they want to stay in their home country until this, this uh, boils over a little bit and, and, and blows over. So it, it, it just, it just depends on, on everyone's situation because like, what if someone, which, what if one player, their, their mother is sick with COVID and, and they're being asked to come, come back to the U S to, to play, to start the season again, do they leave or do they stay? Like that—that's a very real situation that could be happening in in most sports leagues right now. I mean, if you um, if you go by the personality of each league, 
uh, if you look at something like the MLB or the NBA, uh, a little bit more player friendly um, in terms of understanding and, you know, being like, okay, listen, we understand the situation. Here's how we're going to fix through it, especially the NBA. Like, it is very much a players' league where Adam Silver is, it wants to work with the players to make the league the best it can. Um, NHL is a little bit different where, you know, I hate to say it, but it is does feel a little bit like an old boys club where it's like things are like, well, listen, you're under contract. We're paying you to play for us. So, you know, you need to be here by this date or otherwise there's, there's going to be issues. And even with the NFL too, um, it'll be interesting to see how, how they do it if a player says no. Um, just Again, going off the personalities of each league where, you know, some leagues are, hey, fall in line. We're paying you to play. We're paying you a lot of money, so you know, show up, or or or, or deal with uh, the consequences that we give out. Uh, so we're uh, we're just about done for today's episode. Um, to wrap up our old question of the podcast from uh, a couple of days ago, um, the NWHL had announced that they are expanding to Toronto, and they finally released the name, which is the Toronto Six. Now, Jaden, I know when we were talking about it, um. There were some mixed emotions about the uh, the name. Um, with uh, I know with myself saying, you know, give it time to grow on me. I'm glad that they picked a nickname for the city that kind of reflects the city and the culture. Um, and I know with you, you said, you know, just give it time and uh, it'll probably grow on you. And uh, for results, 56% of people said that they love the name. Um, 33% said they're not a fan. And 11% of people said, give it time. Uh, are you still on the fence about the name, or has it started to grow on you a little bit more? It, it, it has started to grow on me a bit more, and, and I'll tell you why. Because I follow them on Twitter, and they have been unbelievable with their social media game lately. It's been, it's been unquestionably one of the funniest Twitter accounts out there right now, and uh, I hope they keep it up because they're, they're gaining a lot of traction on, on Twitter and, and other platforms, so... I, I hope they keep it up because their their name's always in the back of my mind now. And one of these days, one of these days, I'm going to post on our uh, our, our social or on our Twitter feed, sorry, our Twitter account, and and show off my my new my new NWHL Toronto Six sweater. I gotta be honest, uh, the name I'm still like on the fence about it, but with the logo, I I like it way too much. And even when we said with uh, with Toronto being a sports city, no doubt it's going to welcome the Toronto Six with open arms. But in order to be successful with it, you really do need to be big and find ways to market the team and get it out there. And I think they've done a very successful job, like you said, with their Twitter, with their logo. Um, I haven't heard of any player signings just yet. Obviously, uh, a lot more other things they need to figure out. But just in terms of being out there, being visual, and selling the product, um, I'm kind of excited to see what the Toronto Six can bring when the NWHL continues uh, for the next season, whenever that could be. For sure, for sure. And, and by next episode, we'll we'll have a lot more things to talk about, including who the Toronto Six will have signed, because I have a feeling some some signings are on the way. If not, they've already happened. So we'll get into to more of that next episode. And uh, for this question on the podcast, uh, it is going to reflect the NHL. And with the new 24-team playoff, if that is the format that the NHL and NHLPA sign off on, do you think it's hot or not? For me, I'm a fan of it. I think it's going to be very competitive. 
And it kind of goes back to, again, me just really wanting to have the West and East um, one through eight. None of this divisional stuff. I, I find it boring and I find that it just gets stale very quick. Because um, I'll be honest, back uh, when I was younger, I always remember the best kept sports rivalry for the NHL and NBA is probably Toronto and Philly. Hands down, like one of the low key best rivalries, rather it's Raptors and 76ers or it's the Leafs and Flyers. Anytime they play each other in the playoffs, I have, it's always just great. Great hockey, great basketball for me. Um, I kind of, I kind of miss seeing those low key rivalries like that. I feel like you don't get that as much. And I'm hoping that maybe the 2014 playoff format can help spark that a little bit. Uh, Jaden, what about you? Final take before we sign off. I, I'm just want to see some hockey back. I want to see sports back on TV. And and the one of the top four North American sports, whether it's baseball, basketball, football, or hockey. I mean, I'm I'm down for anything right now. I'm I'm kind of getting to that point where where I'm <laughs> where I'm tired of watching old games. I want to see something new. Um, I tuned in to. Uh, the uh, the Korean baseball game that that happened, I believe it was yesterday. I, I tuned into one of those games, and it, it was pretty interesting. So um, I just want to see sports back. If that means uh, twenty four team playoff format for the NHL, then so be it. Um, Leafs are going to win it all this year. I hope they will. Um, and you know, from the sounds of it. Uh, a lot of the leagues like uh, NBA and NHL, they're eyeing a June or July return. Um, NFL, CFL, looking more like it'll be maybe August, September, um, roughly around then. Until then, it's more or less just a waiting game. Uh, Jaden, do you want to plug your socials before we sign off today? Yep, follow me on Twitter at Jaden G. Jones and on Instagram at underscore Jaden G. Jones. And don't forget to follow our new Twitter account at underscore minor leaguers. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Brad Black. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. We'll be back later this week with a new episode. And uh, bef- again, thank you to all our frontline workers and essential workers that have been out there uh, throughout the last months, keeping us uh, safe, healthy, and uh, you know, going to work to keep a little bit of normalcy and us healthy uh, throughout this pandemic. Thank you.